Welcome back to Let's Shag Degenerates. It is your degenerate daddy, Nathan Spencer here. And before we dive into this episode, I just want to let you guys know we're back, we're cranking, and things are looking up. Today we have a very special episode with my brother where we're going to discuss red flags, farting, and all kinds of funny stories that we have to share back and forth. But first, Adam and Eve wants me to ask you guys, what are you doing this year for Valentine's Day? How are you planning to spice things up in the bedroom? Check this out. When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get 50% off with my code SHAG. That is S-H-A-G. But guess what? That's not all. When you select your one item, you will also get a free Valentine's Lover kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The Lover's Kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, plus free shipping. So head on over to adamneve.com and be sure to use code SHAG, S-H-A-G. Again, that is SHAG, S-H-A-G, because without it, there will be no free Valentine's Day stuff. Have a happy Valentine's Day, and I'm so pumped for this episode. Listen close. Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Let's Shag Podcast. My name is Nathan Spencer, a.k.a. Daddy Fucking Nate, a.k.a. Dr. Shag, a.k.a. Degenerate Daddy. That's right, I'm throwing that in here. And... Here at Let's Shag, we talk all things sex, relationships, taboos, toys, kinks, bodies, and consent. Life is short, sometimes too short, and you owe it to yourself to be having good sex. And we here at Let's Shag are here to help. What the fuck is up, Degenerate Nation? It is your Degenerate Daddy, and we have a very slightly above average guest for the podcast today. Hey, I'm I'm better than average. Come yeah, on. you're better than average. It is, it's my brother. Brother up, Spencer, how you doing? Say hi. Well, I'm doing good, man. Okay, I'm glad Matt, to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. It's only taken me a year and a half to get you on the podcast. Yeah, just a year. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> okay, so why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself so they have a little bit of background about you before we get started. Yeah, uh, so I'm the little brother, whatever. Grew up with Nathan till he left me for the Marine Corps <laughs> and uh, been been doing good things ever since. It is what it is. I went to college. I was po-po and now I'm a nurse. I do that. That's about it. I'm engaged to my beautiful fiance, whose name will not be disclosed. Congratulations, by the way. I'm yeah, so excited you. for that wedding. We get, we get married in March. Yeah. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Leave a comment for that. I'm super pumped. I'm pumped, man. <laughs> okay. So let's get right into it. We're not going to waste any time. Let's do we it. Have, we put out a poll on Instagram to see uh, what you guys wanted to hear us discuss. And one of the things brought up was red flags. Um, so what do men find as red flags when it comes to their partners in the bedroom what, what, or, or outside the bedroom? What's a red flag for you? You know, just I, I think uh, going with your gut is important. Pretty much just like... If you want to elaborate a little bit more yeah, on going with your gut? Anything feels like uh, it's weird or something's not right. Are you, getting, are you alluding to trust here? Like um, maybe like, okay, let's, let's, let's give you a for instance. Do, okay. you, do you condone anyone going through their partner's phones or anything like that uh listen up yes you condone going through phones you know whatever is good for the relationship and if both the partners of the party think it's best for their relationship whatever they decide i think so as far as like trust goes i think i think going through someone else's phone shows that 
you don't trust that other individual. Right. You know? But you condone it still, as long as it's within the boundaries of the relationship. Yeah, me me and my fiance, we don't. Um, and we've been together five years. But even from the get-go, uh, I was pretty upfront with her about all that. My past relationship might have had a play in that card of, like, you know, untrusting. We, I don't think we've ever really gone through each other's phones. Uh, very trustworthy, i.e. She, she's got a ring on it now. She does have a ring on it. And it's, a, a, it's a very big, pretty ring. It's a beautiful ring. It's a nurse's salary. That low, mild <laughs> income that I get. Um, I, I guess what I, what I want to ask is, do you not feel that the mindset frame of going through someone's phone contributes negatively towards a relationship? Like if you're constantly trying to seek out someone or catch them doing something wrong, do you not think that puts a negative light on the relationship? Yeah, no, I do. I think the intentions aren't to try and be like an aha, I got you moment. Uh, but I think self-preservation at its heart, right? Yeah, you say? yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're scared, you yeah. know, it's, it is, it's difficult to give that trust. impulse away to someone else mm. and to truly trust someone. I mean, what does true trust look like? You know, I mean, blindly trusting, blindly following. We know yeah. how that goes. Same thing with forgiving someone. How do you know you truly forgiven someone? That's tough. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's tricky. Um, it just takes practice. And I think we've, we've come to a good system that we have where, you know, it's, it's easier for us. We live together. We work the same days. We're off the same days. Uh, you know, she knows where I'm at pretty much all the time, but she yeah. doesn't track me. Uh, I don't track her. We don't keep up with each other. And I'm an old man at heart. I, I'm not on my phone to begin with very much anyway. Yeah. So, so. me and me and my ex w never went through it. I haven't, I haven't, had this thing where you go through someone's phone since I've been probably 18 years old because it's right. a very toxic thing. Um, but you know, high me school. And, high, you yeah, high, get over high that school. After high yeah. school. Yeah. So yeah. me and my ex, we did share our locations, but it was more out of safety, I guess. Like if you know anything were to happen, I'd know where she was at or something like that. And I feel like that is a level that I was comfortable with of like knowing where I'm at. I'm not trying to run around and do anything crazy. I was willing to give that. Um, and I don't yeah. think that's a toxic thing. I think. And I think the reason well, that's why y'all came to the agreement. Correct. On. Correct. Yeah. And that's what I think we're getting at here is like, I, I personally don't condone going through people's phones, but I understand how you do, because if that's something you're both comfortable with and it's not causing you a toxic mindset, which I guess if you're the right people, it has the potential not to maybe. I think it's going to lead to it, though. It could lead to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously it might not. Yeah, but, but it could. I think more times it has the higher potential too, right? right. At least that's yeah. what a higher probability if you're including that in your everyday activity. Um, one of the things that I set out, um, and I think I've probably said this before as a red flag, is the level of communication when you first start talking to someone. You know, you don't want to be overzealous in your communication, but you don't want to also be underzealous. Like you want to make sure that person still knows you're there, you're still interested, right? But you don't want to blow their phone up. And I think a big part in the first, you know, few weeks of talking, whatever, is just finding that balance. Like you don't want to bombard someone so much to where um, they feel like, you know, pressured, but you also want to let them know you're there. Like even if it's, you've had a long day, you haven't spoken to them all day, like for you, you know, you work 12 hour shifts, right? Yeah. Um, but even at the end of the day, being like, hey, I had a long day at work, just want to let you know I'm still alive. Um, and I hope you had a good night or something like that. Just like reaching out and ma maintaining contact. I'm not going to put a time limit on it. Like if you don't take someone within three days, you're an asshole. But you you know how those conversations should go, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, if anything, I was on more the conservative side 
of uh, showing interest, I guess. But uh, that's just that's just kind of how I operate, you know. And she was willing to either put up with it or just uh, hey, I told her straight up, hey, uh, I want to date you. A lot of our texting. Uh, a ton of people text way more than I do was, Hey, when are you free next? You know, we both had busy schedules. We were both in college at that time. So that's just kind of work. What worked for us? Uh, just finding that balance between what you think works and what's uh, too overactive and what's underactive. That's just going to be between you and that person and what you think you should do. And, you know, find, find yourself like what you think is right. Right. And I, I agree. And let's let's stick with this context of trust for a minute and relay that to uh, confidence for a minute, because it is a trustful thing to relay confidence in the bedroom. And so let's talk about confidence in the bedroom. I think I think, uh, you know, confidence in the bedroom. We spoke about this, you know, prior to recording, but confidence in the bedroom is something that is probably lacking for a lot of people. They don't feel confident in the bedroom and they feel like they're going to be either shamed or judged for not you know, freely expressing what they want to express in the realms of sex, right? Like we, yeah. we talked about, um, well, well, tell them what you told me. You've, you've experienced it where women sometimes will actually hold back an orgasm because they're afraid of their physical actions when they're having the orgasm, or they feel like they, they won't look pretty when they're coming or something like that. And that's a real, I mean, I get in my own head. I'm like, do I look good while I'm having sex? So I understand it. Um, but having that confidence that no matter what you do in the bedroom, that person's there because they think you're sexy is key. Confidence is important. I think in the relationship, in the bedroom, I think there's a, what I have seen in my past experiences in this short life of mine, uh, confidence is something that is very sexy and more than just ways in, in the bedroom. But I think confidence is sought after. And uh, it's difficult to give your partner if you don't quite know what you like. But, you know, seeing your, your partner uh, confidently like something or show them show you that they like something, I think is, you know, very sexy in its own yeah. uh, loving let me, way. Let me give you my take on this. Which the, takes time. Yeah. Which takes time knowing so, that person. And, um, in, in my dating life prior to my ex, right, I found that something that I found super confident was just partners that knew what they wanted and they went for it right because i knew i know right. sometimes when you're like you know you're either dating around or sleeping around there's always that awkward barrier of like who's gonna make the first move but i'm telling you or farting first yeah or, or pooping you listen, in front of the other person 10, first. 10 times out of 10 when a girl just like grabs me by the cock or whatever and says give it to me now i am not going to deny that like i want that confidence yeah like knows, that is sexy as hell yeah if, if you look at me can... and grab my dick and say, fuck me right now, I'm going to be like, yes, ma'am. Like, yeah. no no doubt in my mind. Right. And that confidence is so sexy. But I feel like even as men, like I, I have shyness in pulling that trigger sometimes because you don't want to you don't want to overstep boundaries or even if you'd already talked about having sex prior to meeting up. You're still there's still this awkwardness of like, you know, do I, talk how do I get to know you kind of before we just get naked or whatever, you know, right. um, but bringing that confidence and just allowing yourself to bust out of your shell is something that I think everyone finds super attractive. Yeah. And you had mentioned. So while we're on this topic, you mentioned mm -hmm. farting or shitting first. Yeah. Um, and how that relates to confidence. That well, was actually a I question. Pooping, but yeah, yeah, that was actually a question <laughs> that we got this week was, how do you go about, I don't know, go about farting during sex or do you fart during sex? I will personally rather die than to ever let out a blip of air from my mm. butthole during sexual interaction. That's and I'm not, I'm not talking about, it's different if someone's playing with your ass. Okay. It's different. It's the same way it is different as someone's, you know, 
playing with a vagina and it queefs like it that's induced right so if someone's playing right. with my button it farts or i'm playing with their button it farts big difference we're strictly talking like gastrointestinal farting here Accidental. where you're just, like you just got you got the bubble guts and you're like damn oh, yeah. i mean i have a story about i almost shat on a girl's bed <laughs> once and i had to make up an excuse about a dog that i didn't have so that i could oh, leave no. her house and go down i jumped the curb Went down oh, to Whataburger at hard. four in the morning and just shat my brains out. Yeah. Antibiotics and alcohol don't mix people. Learn that lesson from no, me. They don't. Both are bad for the GI tract. Absolutely. Now, that being said, I want to say this. If for whatever reason you let out a fart, play it off. Okay? Like, the the times that I have accidentally farted and laughed about it instead of being like, and trying to just like act like it didn't happen. Silence. That, would that be, makes that it would awkward worse. as hell. Yeah. So if anything happens where you or even your partner, I think this is a big thing. So if your partner accidentally farts and you can feel that like awkward tension of like, oh, God, just play it off as a joke. Be like, hey, we all shit. We all fart. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, I think bringing that to somebody and letting them know like, hey, I'm a human. You're a human. It's OK. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're just you're bound to be embarrassed, right? So if you're Absolutely. the if you're the perpetrator in this, <laughs> the perp, if you're the perp, <laughs> if you're the uh, the pooper, the perp, the, po- the pooper trader, <laughs> if you're the, the pooper trader in this instance, yeah, you're you know the embarrassment is not going to there's, there's going to be a level of of embarrassment, whatever you know, it happens. We all we all fart, we all burp, so we're gassy people, you know, it's whatever. I think as a partner, the more big of a deal you make it, the more big of a deal they're going to feel it. And right. the less of a deal you make it, the less of a deal they'll feel. And there might be a little uh, awkward silence or whatever. Maybe maybe cut that. Maybe cut the awkward yeah. silence. I If it ever happened to me, I might have. I can't really recall. But uh, I could see me just playing it off as a joke. Um, depends on how well I know the person or whatnot. You know, I, I'd be like, oh, man, that reeks. Uh, you want to go to the bedroom <laughs> instead of where we're at now? Or you want to go to the kitchen? And if it doesn't, just be like, dude, that was gnarly. That was a big one. High five. I don't know. <laughs> High five. Give whatever. me a knuckle bomb, and then, dude. And then just go back at it or, yeah. or whatever. Treating you know? them with decency and not making them feel embarrassed or shameful about it. I think that's the biggest Ooh, part. No, yeah, don't. Yeah. No, don't I, do so I've actually talked about this before. Unless you not, don't like them. Right. Not, not in regards. <laughs> even then, maybe don't. You know. Not in regards so much to farting, but I've talked about this as far as performance anxiety or erectile dysfunction or anything of that matter. Um, right. If you just... You know, if your partner looks at you and they're like, oh, my God, what was that? That's that's some kind Ooh. of trauma a little bit right there. Right. Like that can stick with you for a little bit. That's I, just kind of mean. Yeah. And but if they look at you and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It happens. Then you're like, oh, OK. And that, that eases that anxiety that you're already feeling right then and there. But at that same time, if you make them try and feel overly comfortable and you're making it that big deal, like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. And you just put all the attention on that. I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a better yeah. or worse way to do that. There's but, like a, uh, you, you kind of want to sidestep it a little bit, but at the same, you don't want to make it the center of attention. You don't want to yeah. be like, let's talk about your yeah. fart for the next five minutes. And the, and the more comfortable you get with that person, it probably happened. Then to you eventually get to one. the point where you're talking about your farts for five minutes. Yeah. I've had someone say, hold on, go to the other room, fart and come back. And it's like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> whatever you got to do, fam. We, we both still getting it right now. So whatever. I have, uh, I've definitely made up excuses to leave houses, bedrooms, whatever I could. I can, I just say, I absolutely hate it when a bathroom is directly sharing a wall next to a bed. I'm like, can we just not do that? Just dense, and architects, a little bit. you guys, architects, let's put some distance there because if I'm ripping something in a porcelain toilet, there's some echoes. Okay. And if that's got to happen, yeah. I need either a separate bathroom 
Or I just need to get away from the situation. Like I need a bed. Like, hey, I gotta go to no the store real quick. You want anything? Move, move that business to the kitchen. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it can be highly embarrassing. I, I trust me, I've dealt with it my entire life. I'm no um, anomaly to being gassy as a human, and so I, you know, there's times when I have to make excuses like, oh, I need to go grab something from downstairs, and then walk back upstairs. You know, like yeah. you got to do what you got to do. Depends on how long you've known them, and right, and absolutely your comfort level with that other person. But I think it, that's it, the can differ. I think that's the best advice I can give you as far as <laughs> farting in the bedroom is just you know try and play it off a little lightly. Don't make it the center of your attention or your focal point. But at the same time, let them know like, hey, this is normal. You know, just kind of reassure them. We've talked about yeah. that a few times on here. And, about- and to wrap, yeah, yeah, R- real quick, and to wrap that back into red flag law, someone makes you feel bad. Oh, red that. flag. Yeah, red red flag. Yeah. Someone makes you feel bad for that. You know, maybe they're not so understanding. That that happens to everybody. You're going to tell me you don't sit there and fart ever? I mean, yeah, if anyone you know, ever looked at me and they're like, you're disgusting, I'd be like, okay, well, bye. I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, really, I can imagine that happening to either. that person having, having that question, maybe they just ask because it was funny or maybe they ask because they had an actual bad experience. But if there's people like that that make you feel gross or whatever, I mean, you know, that's, that's embarrassing, like making you feel gross. I wouldn't want that on me. No. I wouldn't want that on, you know, uh, my fiance. So I wouldn't want that out of anybody. Maybe that's a red flag right there. If you fart and they make you feel gross, maybe then, reassess yeah. who you're having sex with at that point, right? Yeah, maybe reassess that relationship. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. No, you're good. So the last question that we had that we wanted to touch on today, someone asked, "Is Matthew as sexual as I am?" No, I've never had it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think what you're doing with uh, engaging the audience and everything and these conversations obviously is is not my priority and my profession and me and my significant other my fiance we we definitely have had prior talks in the past about our intimate encounters but we're pretty golden right now we're kind of smooth sailing not i wouldn't say cruise controlling like same thing every time but uh, you know we we mix it up and we're happy with where we're at I believe her when she tells me that. And she believes me whenever I tell her that. So, I mean, we're still we're still fresh. Okay, I want to add on to what Matthew's saying right now. Yeah. Um, because I feel like a lot of people hearing this are going to be like, oh, Matthew's vanilla, and that's not the case. What, <laughs> what I, what I want to get out there, look, you I know my... You say so much. I know she, my she's bro- not hearing me right yeah, now. Yeah, I know my brother better than anyone on this planet. And when we're naked and we're doing things, we're both degenerates at heart, okay? Mm. We, we have everyone's best interests at heart, but we also have desires. Um, but I think... Matthew just because this is my this is what I do for a living. Obviously, Matthew doesn't talk about sex as much as I do. He's not as open and expressive as about his sexuality as I am. Um, Not to other people. Not to other people. Right. I mean, I just I mean, I'm on here talking to God knows how many people sometimes just telling them left, right and sideways how I sling dick. Um, I, I, I'm a little more private. About you're a little it, more I guess. conservative about it, which is that's fine. I don't. I, both of these things get to me and my fiance know. Yeah, both of these things get to exist, and that's completely normal. So it's not it's not a matter of fact if Matthew as is as sexual as me because he is. He just doesn't talk about it as much. Probably, probably. If anything, I'm a little more sexual than you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh hilarious anyway i could laugh about that all day ha, 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 ha. for now for now for until now. he catches some something that crosses his eye <laughs> oh man well matthew i know this was a shorter episode is there anything it, is there anything simple. you want to say to the audience before we let you go yeah i don't know i hope i hope maybe you guys saw a different perspective on something and maybe maybe you learned something maybe you didn't but uh it was nice coming on 
and just kind of introduce myself. I support support you and what you're doing, and uh, you're doing good things, man. Thank you very just much, keep, man. Just keep helping people. I, you know, that's all I think what uh, my brother's trying to do is help people and uh, break a few stigmas in the process and uh, get people more comfortable with it, talking about it to their significant others. Yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah, I, I, yeah. I actually love that you're saying that because I'm, yeah. I'm not out here pushing everyone to do what I do. I know that no. my place is special and that I, I am the, and I am an individual that is equipped to talk about it the way I do. Right. But if I can help people talk about it more openly with their partners so that they can both be satisfied more and I can help them in that way, that's my goal. I want to help. That's all I've yeah. ever wanted to do. And in help. relationships. Yeah, you know, that's, absolutely. I, I think that's a third of a relationship. It's the intimate part. It's the friendship part. Crap, what's the other part? Romantic, love. I don't, I don't no, know. That's the, there's three parts. Wait, <laughs> there's three that, parts to that? a relationship. The intimate part. <clears throat> friendship. The friendship part. Oh, and then the love. And then I said love. Yeah, and then the love well, you part. said romantic. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, so there's three parts to a relationship, right? The love part, how mm-hmm. much you love each other. Um, which, you know, uh, trust kind of goes into that category. There's the friendship part, and then there's the romantic side. So I think it's like a third of a relationship. Yeah. You know? Well, I think there's trust in all those aspects of a relationship. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. I mean, yeah. But well, if you no. truly love someone, yeah. Like, it, no, I, I agree. mean, truly get, takes a while. Truly takes a while. You're not going to, I don't think you're going to love someone, like truly, truly love them in, in a week. Yeah, no. I, it takes I, time to get to know their their deepest side and their lighter side. And how they cry and how much snot comes out. <laughs> and you know, I always how stinky their farts are. <laughs> so I've I've heard the phrase, you know, coaches don't play and stuff like that. And I actually gave some really good advice the other day to a friend, and I just wanna I wanna give this guy to you guys as well. Um, I had a friend reach out to me about a situation with a man that she's seeing, and I told her I was like, hey, you have to stop playing this like they're a lover in your head. You have to start playing it like they could potentially be your best friend because that is such a component of a relationship. You have to be real and raw with people. Um, and as long as you don't treat them like your best friend, they're never going to be your best friend. So you have to allow them that leniency. You have to allow them that space to open up to you. And you have to do the same with them. You have to cultivating a relationship is just what you said, a combination of three things. And if you're diving more into one than the other, that's when it starts to get dangerous. If it's all sex, then it's not going to work out. If it's all just friendship, obviously you're not going to date that person. And if it's all just blissful love romance, you're going to miss the friendship and the sex component completely. And so there are two out of the three. Yeah, You could have two out of the three. Absolutely. But they're all, they're all three just as important to one another and play off of each other in tandem and you need all three components for a stable relationship. For the most part. For the most part. When and you're so se- you're, when you're 70 and right. stuff don't fit right. <laughs> and so if you're only acting out of one or two of those things, you're you're definitely missing another part. And that's where people kind of get caught up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Awesome. Well, Matthew, again, pleasure having you on, yep. bud. Thanks I love you so me. much. We can do our handshake bro. after this. We're doing the handshake. We're going to do the handshake. Not, not here because you guys would just hear a bunch of slapping and clapping. But You uh, guys take it easy. Thanks for listening to me <laughs> ramble. All right, guys, take all this that we've given you today, go forth, prosper, and as always, let's get to shagging.